Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. It's Rob Case and <clears throat> Trevor Koppel. Trevor, what a wonderful week of football we had for Thanksgiving, and not to mention there was a few turduckins handed out, and some of the legs were dry. Did you find any turkey on your Thanksgiving plate or table that was dry? Oh man, so much turkey, uh, and a little little of it was dry, but you know what I did to the dry turkey? Fixed it right up. It's, it was right great. Gravy. Gravy. Rob, oh, talking, of about, course. talking about gravy. Of course, <laughs> of course. The the official sponsor of the Football in General podcast, Gravy. <laughs> right. No no particular brand, just gravy. That's right. That is that is uh that is well that's what pays the bills. Ironically, right. there are no bills. However, right. if there were, I'm more of a what meat pay gravy what? kind of guy. But you know, vegan gravy, mm. whatever your whatever <clears throat> whatever moistens your dry turkey. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's it. I mean, uh, I, I'd hate to be Adam Thielen on Thanksgiving night taking a bite of the <laughs> right. turkey, and uh, right. he nearly threw up. So oh, man, uh, I as thought did he was I, gonna, after watching, go ahead. Thought, thought he was going to choke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I nearly had the same reaction watching the Patriots play on on Thanksgiving, but um, not all <laughs> of us felt the need to express that gaggily. <clears throat> With that being said, Trevor, I, I I can't help but bring this up. And boy, does it make me gag, but the Broncos are 3-8, and eight, and I can't help but pick a better podcast to exploit their, well, mediocreness on than this one. So um, it's kind of it's ironic if you told me this time, or not ironic, it's strange um, if you told me this time last year, or this time in May, that the Green Bay Packers and the Denver Broncos would have basically identical schedules, and there wouldn't be that many injuries to impact their, their play. I'm not really sure what I would say, but here we are. Two marquee teams, both 3-8, and 4-8, and eight, whatever you want to call them. Combined, they're 7-16. and 16. Who's to blame? You know, it, it's, it's weird because it's, <clears throat> this is the sort of season where, you know, even you know, most of the teams that look bad or have bad records, they're, they're not. They're not that bad, and then they can still win a game, and they can still surprise you. There's really only a couple of really bad teams in the league right now. And the Broncos are one of them. I, it's, it's a huge shocker. Um, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the Browns or sorry, the, I'm talking about the, the Broncos and the Texans. No one's surprised that this is not the year for the Texans. Um, but man, I don't think it, I mean, there was a wide range of predictions for the Broncos going into this season, but that did not include, being the 32nd ranked offense and being 31st in the power rankings, um, it's just it's just ugly. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. And uh, Russell Wilson still has more bathrooms in his house than <clears throat> his house than touchdowns. Oh my god! <clears throat> right, and I think more people showed up to his birthday party, which was half the, the Broncos team. I don't know if you heard about this, seen about this, than touchdowns still. For a guy who's thrown 30 a year, it's quite remarkable what, what has happened. Uh, the yeah. slide is ghastly. I, I don't know what else to say. It's it's horrible. <laughs> well, you know, everybody horrible. everybody was surprised by the horrible start. Uh, but even more shocking is the lack of improvement. Um, in a lot of ways, Russell Wilson's best game this year was the week one loss where, you know, he's not the running backs who fumbled in the red zone twice, and he's not the head coach who made a 
very questionable call to end the game. Uh, he he played his best football in week one, and it it's just only it's only gotten worse. I mean, there's been some ups and downs along the way, but overall, it's just gotten worse. Yeah, <clears throat> it's correct. And uh, I mean, yeah, granted, he lost Javante Williams. They cut Melvin Gordon. I don't know. It's just a it's a bad team, man. They're they're projected well, to and, that and trade. We can't overlook the loss of Garrett Bowles. Um, a lot of times that gets <clears throat> overlooked in a season or in a game when your when your best asset on the O line isn't out there. It uh, it's really hard to to go out and and play uh, the the schemes and the plays that you were you were hoping to. So it's not all on Russ, but it does not look good. No question. No question. Thought I'd bring it up because <clears throat> Trevor is our sideline reporter at, uh, you know, the Denver Broncos State. I have no idea what it's called. I, I almost said Native Root Stadium because it wasn't an, almost a weed stadium. It almost That's, was. Um, I well, think, there you go. I think <laughs> it's currently, uh, and I could be wrong here, uh, uh, I think it's called Empower Field. Empower at Mile High. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it should be, uh, yeah, I'm kind of not going to go with the weed puns, but Nonetheless, moving on, Trevor, if you could hear the noise, or there's some sort of sound coming from, uh, I don't know, the inner part of my ear somewhere. It sounds like a whisk. Do you hear that? <laughs> no, I don't hear it. <laughs> it's interesting. I, I didn't know. I thought Thanksgiving had gone and come and passed, but uh, apparently there's still, still some gravy on the stove, my friend. And, oh, my uh, gosh. The gravy always, train has not left the station. It has not. It never will. Um, Pink Floyd, have a cigar, right? We'll be riding the gravy train all night long. So, with that being said, um, what the podcast is sponsored by, as always, is by Gravy. And this is the Gravy segment because we're talking about the waiver wire. Of course. How could you get away from the waiver wire? We are, well, I think this would be two weeks out from fantasy football playoffs. The season's gone by extremely fast. And if you're like me, you live and die on the waiver wire and you're 6-6 six and six in your league only because you score the second most points every single week and you always play the team that scores the most points. It's not my fault I'm 6-6. Six and six. It's Biden's fault. Or Obama <laughs> or somebody else. So, Trump, I don't know. Somebody. Somebody. So, with that being said, who doesn't love to talk about the gravy this week? Well, we have a couple surprised um, guests on the gravy train. Coming aboard is Mike White, a quarter, the quarterback from the New York Jets going against Minnesota this week. 24th in FBA is Minnesota. Mike White, three touchdowns last week, although uh, last year he had a similar game, similar start against a bad defense. And, uh, well, you know, if you can do it against Chicago, you should be able to do it against Minnesota. He's a QB1 this week, in my opinion. I think he's capable of getting about 20, 25 points against Minnesota. No, I mean, Mac Jones did. I he's agree. been terrible all year. I, so. think, uh, I think Mike White <clears throat> is a great pickup if you're looking for someone to get you some very reasonable points. So he could have a really good week. I think he's got a very high floor. Uh, we, we've seen the chemistry he has with that offense and playing against this Vikings shell defense that gives up a lot of yards. They really only play you tough in the red zone. So I think, uh, I think Mike White, whether he finds the end zone or not, is going to get plenty of points. Shooting over the Chicago Bears again. God, we're just going to shit on him, I guess, here in the beginning. I mean, poop, whatever. Um, Jordan Love, a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, uh, 20th in the FBA in Chicago. Aaron Rodgers has, uh, I think he has broken ribs, or it just says ribs, which I like a good set of ribs, but I assume that he doesn't eat those because it's Aaron Rodgers and he abandons his family. So right. uh, this is in Kansas City. Ribs. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, 
Yeah, I think a good pickup, rostered in 4% of leagues. Sorry, I forgot to mention Mike White is rostered in 12% of leagues. Um, if he doesn't play, I mean, Jordan Love looked pretty good last week. I, I think it's probably worth keeping an eye on him, on him if you don't have, I don't know, somebody you don't trust starting this week for one reason or the other, or uh, by, by apocalypse has hit you, you know, again, uh, as it has a few of us this season. Well, moving on. To the Pitts, no, excuse me, I almost said Pittsburgh Steelers. Moving on to the running backs, uh, Zonovan Knight, uh, quarter, running back for the Minnesota, uh, the New York Jets at the Minnesota Vikings, 20th in FPA's Minnesota. Trevor already mentioned their, um, I don't know you call them shell defense, call them Swiss cheese. They're just holes all o- open all over the place. Zonovan Knight, 69 carries, uh, 69 yards on, I don't know how many carries, 14. Three catches, 34 yards last week. Averaged, uh, what do you about 14 fantasy points last week. I thought he looked pretty good. He's a rookie. He's under after rookie. He's coming out of nowhere. There's no film on him. They end up playing pretty well. Um, <clears throat> there's a role for him in that offense. I, I mean, I don't think any running backs really played that well for New York, so I could see him getting a look and possibly producing. So moving on to the Baltimore Ravens. Well, stop me if you've heard this before. J.K. Dobbins is a play this week, and hopefully he doesn't <laughs> get hurt by just, I don't know, tripping over his own feet. I think he got hurt last time by just they were doing like a pad drill and he just happened to like tweak a hamstring or something in practice and he's out for basically the whole season. But going against Denver this week, 10 in FBA is Denver. Here's a quick stat for the Denver Broncos I meant to mention earlier. But if Denver had scored more than 10 points in seven out of their eight losses, they would be like eight and three right now or nine and two or something. That's what I heard. <laughs> That's sad. It's sad. The Denver defense is very good. Um, I expect Baltimore to run the ball a lot, considering they're uh, they're at home. I assume the weather's not going to be that great this time of the year. But he's sharing carries with Gus Edwards and Kenyon Drake. But it's J.K. Dobbins. They're going to get him involved. Here's a guy I was watching the um, the Jaguars last week, and I, I really liked his look. He's a third down running back, Jamichael Hasty. Uh, I think I mentioned him earlier in the season, but Travis Etienne sounds like he'll be good. But just keep an eye on him, just in case you need a hand, handcuff. For Travis Etienne, this guy played pretty well last week against uh, Baltimore. Um, they ended up winning the game. He was a big reason for it. Rostering 4% of leagues. And Kyron Williams, running back from the L.A. Rams, rostering 54% of leagues. He will be the starter for the L.A. Rams. I assume they're going to run the ball a lot. Their offense is ugly. But, um, <clears throat> you know, you only get 32 starting running backs in the NFL. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he's going against Seattle, 30th in FPA. Uh, I could see it. I could see him getting about 15 points this week. Finally, your receivers. Um, not much here. I think the only one I was really willing to put my name and endorsed on the gravy train and whisking it was, and I'm sorry, I'm looking for his name now. <clears throat> um, well, there isn't a lot. But <laughs> I'll go with, once again, Jameson Williams, rostered 40, 42% lease. Um, Detroit Lions. Doesn't seem likely to debut this week, but next week against Minnesota um, could emerge as a number three fantasy receiver in some some formats, and a third, probably a number one receiver on the Detroit Lions. They throw a ball a lot. They they're losing a lot. They score a lot of points. Um, they're coming from behind. That just makes sense to insert a Detroit Lions wide receiver here. And finally, tight end for all you tight end just junkies out there, you people who are just suffering all year who have been on the therapy wait list, the fantasy football therapy wait list for months, trying to figure out what to do with your tight end position. Why does it trigger you? It causes so much anxiety for people or depression. Here's a guy I want to throw at you, Trevor, Jelani Woods, 
tight end for the Indianapolis Colts, rostering three percent leagues, going against Dallas this week. They're second, <clears throat> excuse me, in FBA against against tight ends. But get this, he's played in like four games. He's the fifteenth ranked tight end <laughs> this year. It's how oh terrible this, this this position's been. Um, last week, what nine catches for uh, ninety yards and a touchdown. Matt Ryan really liked him. I, I like him too. I think he's probably worth keeping an eye on. If you hey, look, if you play him. He's not going to get you any less or any more points than if you're already on the streaming waiver wire and you're playing tight ends all the time like me and you live and die in L.A. So that's a Tupac line, by the way. <laughs> um, <clears throat> right. And lastly, Jawan Johnson, 56% leagues. He's rostering 25th in FPA, Tampa Bay, and uh, another tight end for New Orleans if you're out there struggling. On the fantasy football watch list for therapy. And finally... The Cleveland Browns, 20, 20% of leagues, their defensive and special teams roster in. They're at Houston this week, who is 32nd in FPA in total offense. So, sir, that is the gravy. I'm curious, what do you have on the docket this week, Cleo Koppel? Can you look into your crystal ball? Can you give us some advice, Cleo? What do you have this week, starting off with the New York Jets at the Koppel, Trevor Koppel, led Minnesota Vikings, a <laughs> Minnesota line three favorite, three point favorites over under forty four and a half. Mike White on the road, baby. It's got a big so game for a, for a, a you know journeyman quarterback. There's a lot <laughs> of good matchups this week, and uh, it's a really fun time right now. If you're somebody that keeps an eye on the entire league and everything that's been happening all season, um, the the football is going to be good regardless. But you know. The the Jets and Vikings game, there's a lot on the line here. Uh, both teams are playing for a lot. But the highlight here is definitely the one-on-one matchup between Sauce Gardner and Justin Jefferson. Um, Sauce Gardner's gone up against some of the best wide receivers in the league. He's had quite a bit of success. Um, Justin Jefferson <laughs> making a strong case to be the best. So seeing these two guys... You know, it, 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 you don't have to be a Jets fan or a Vikings fan to get excited about this matchup. Um, I think yeah. uh, I think Mike White is going like to, I, like I said, I think he is a good uh, streaming fantasy option against the Vikings defense that, that gives up a lot, you know, outside of the red zone and then gives up plenty inside the red zone, too. That's a reason they're in a lot of tight games. Um, so, yeah, I like, uh, I like a lot of the Jets' uh, fantasy options. Um, but, uh, ultimately at home playing the way they've been, I, I think this is going to be a good game. I think it's going to, you know, I like the three point spread cause I think it'll be close, but I do have to take the Vikings to win at home. Um, side note, if they do win this week, they'll be a perfect four and O against the AFC East, uh, which is saying something cause the AFC East, the NFC East, they're both really tough divisions this year. Um, but yeah, I, I think that this game goes over the forty-four and a half. I think we're going to see a lot of scoring here, um, and uh, and I think this could come down to a field goal. Uh, so in terms of the spread, uh, I'd take Minnesota either beat the spread or take a push, a three-point victory here. But uh, but I like the Vikings to win at home this week, and I like the over. Ten and two, buddy, staring down the barrel of a number one seed potentially in the NFC. If only. Did they lose to Philly earlier in the year? Or so the Vikings lost to Philadelphia in week one. Or sorry, week two. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. So to take the number one seed, uh, they would need a better overall record. So they'd need Philadelphia to lose to the Cowboys and another team, probably another division game. Those are their toughest matchups left or the division matchups. And my belief is that Justin Jefferson can't be covered. He cannot be covered. (laughs) He just can't. We're going to find out. I don't think anyone's playing it better than Sauce Gardner right now. So that that's the reason to tune into this game, in my opinion. Not, yeah, but not even a man named Sauce, who <laughs> I struggle with calling him that, um, would be able to, to guard Justin Jefferson in the last two weeks. He's averaged over 150, what, 20 or 30 yards a game in like 10 catches. It's insane. I mean, he started out super slow, easily the best receiver in the NFL, top five player in the NFL by far. Um, yeah, I mean, you already hit the head on the, the fantasy football um, liability that Minnesota defense is. So, of course, you gotta got to start a bunch of New York Jets guys. Elijah Moore looked good last week. They got Corey Davis started. Um, yeah, Garrett Wilson caught two touchdowns. Do you look out for the Jets, man? They, maybe they figure something out here. They take one from Minnesota on the road. This is kind of like upset alert. Oh, no, no. This, this, is, this is not a uh, – this isn't a gimme game. This isn't going to be a walk in the park. The Jets are going to make the Vikings earn it if the Vikings pull out a victory here. Uh, and and I question. think the other way around, too. The Jets do have a good defense, but I don't think they're a good fantasy play against this loaded Vikings offense and the, the connection that, that Kirk Cousins has with his receivers right now, particularly Justin Jefferson. Um, and you got to know that if, if that isn't there, he's got Thielen, Hawkinson, Osborne, not to mention you know uh, two pretty good running backs in the backfield. So... Uh, I uh, I don't like either team's defense this week in fantasy. Speaking of pretty good, the Washington Commanders take on the New York Giants. So two and a half point favorite to Washington, over under 40 and a half. The Fighting Heineke's have won, what, five in a row? Something yeah, like that? Yeah, so I, I saw this somewhere. Uh, something like, like the last six or seven weeks, the Commanders have the best record. They're like five and one or six and one over their last seven games. Um, so, uh, they're, they're definitely on a hot streak right now. Everything's clicking for them. Big divisional matchup on the road. Um, same time zone. So there's no jet lag there, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I think this is going to be an absolute slug fest. Um, I really like, uh, starting your, your commander running backs. Of course, you're going to start Saquon Barkley, but uh, I think the commanders are going to try to beat the Giants at their own game. I think when they're on offense, they're going to try to slow it down, move the ball very methodically down the field. Uh, and I think that this game really could come down to turnovers and who who is safest with the football this week. Um, but everything being what it is, I'm going to take the commanders to, uh, to win on the road. Uh, two and a half point favorite. I got to take them to beat the spread. I say they win by at least three points. Um, the over-under here is a little tough because I do think it will be uh, a little slow. I like I like the way the commanders are playing red zone defense right now, but that's, you know, it's tough to play really great red zone defense when you're playing against Saquon Barkley. So I do think that they will push this over the 40-and-a-half points. So I'm taking the over here as well. <clears throat> it's, uh, you know, look, it's a Washington defense has improved a lot, not against the pass, though. Uh, one of the worst defenses in FPA against quarterbacks, allowed 19 touchdowns and seven interceptions on the, the ratio there. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I like Daniel Jones' start. I do. Um, he hasn't passed the ball particularly well in the last couple weeks, but I think 
this could be sort of a catalyst to get him back on the road. Not that that really means much, that he'll just start flourishing or anything, but um, kind of my uh, little sneaky start for the week for fantasy. Keep an eye on Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. I like the RPO action do there. Although, as Brian Baldinger said on Twitter, the Washington defense of line has been balling out. Balling out. So, uh, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, uh, Chase Young. Is he playing this week? Chase Young? Uh, Chase Young is not back back yet. He's not back yet. But he, I mean, you see him every week on the sidelines if you're watching the commanders. And uh, I I think even without even suiting up, you know, he's still just in in regular clothes. Uh, He is, he impacts those games from the sidelines. Um, And uh, I know right now the commanders are looking like they could get into the playoffs. I don't think they could get very far in the playoffs. But if you're a Commanders Shots fan, fired. you've got to be really excited <laughs> for what what next year could mean. <laughs> Looking towards next year with the fifth seed in the, in the NFC. That was rough. You're telling the Commanders fans to look forward to next year when they're the fifth seed in the NFC? I, I, don't, don't get me wrong. If, you're, if your team makes it into the playoffs – you've got a chance. That's just the way football works. That's why we love it. Uh, but, but realistically speaking, I don't see the commanders getting to the NFC championship. It's just, it's, it's going to be tough. But uh, right. I think, I think as soon as, as Chase Young gets healthy, it's the sort of defense that could win the game for you. So uh, there's a lot to be optimistic. And then they're not the only team I feel that way about. There's a lot of teams that even at this point, as good as they might be doing, uh, I'm more optimistic about their 2023 season. Any given Sunday, buddy. Especially a Heineke on your, your sideline. Anywho, the Tennessee Titans at the Philadelphia Eagles over under 4.5 to Philly. Uh, excuse me, that's at a line. 4.5 to Philly over under 44. The A.J. Brown Bowl is on. Ooh, I had not noticed that. This is the That's A.J. Is. Brown revenge game. It is. It is. It doesn't usually do well. <laughs> doesn't usually, yeah, yeah. It could be ugly. It could get ugly. A.J. Brown, man, against a very vulnerable Tennessee secondary. Woof. Yeah, so this, this is an interesting one because until Jordan Davis comes back, uh, the Eagles are, are also mismatched with the Titans' offense. So... You could see this one turn into a barn burner. Um, Philadelphia struggles against the run. Nobody runs it better than the Titans. Uh, Titans don't have uh, a secondary that can cover all these Eagles weapons. Even if even if they manage to to cover AJ Brown, they won't be able to stop the passing attack, um, or or they'll get beat by Jalen Hurts' legs. So I I think this is going to be a really exciting game, and I'm just excited to not have I mean as a Vikings fan I should probably be pulling for a Titans victory here but it just doesn't I really don't feel that way and uh, I'm excited to watch this game because I I think this is going to be an anxiety filled game for the uh, two fan bases here Uh, they're both again a lot of these matchups we got two teams playing for a lot a lot on the line a lot left to be you know to be earned before the end of the season and the playoffs start. Um, so yeah, this is a really big, really big game for both these teams. Philadelphia at home. I just, I feel like they are the more complete team. 
Uh, I like both coaches. I, I give the Titans a slight edge there. But uh, I'm going to have to take Philadelphia, but I'm going to take the Titans to cover. It's a four-and-a-half-point spread. I think this comes down to three points or less. Uh, and I'm definitely taking the over on the 44 here. Yeah, it's a <clears throat> Tennessee Titans team. They're in for 21 times for 63 yards. They're going to run the ball more. They're going to win a game. First off, Derrick Henry's better when he gets 15-plus carries. I think he had 17 last week, but we, I think I read a stat between carries 20 and 30. He averages like six yards a carry, something crazy like that. So, Well, that's how it gotta is run the ball more. With, with these big physical running backs. I, I saw this all the time as a Vikings fan with Adrian Peterson. I mean, he, he might be getting less than two yards per carry in the first half, but you just keep giving him the football. These defenses, they get, they get run down. And and it, and that's when you know all of a sudden your big physical running back pops through to the second level where no one has a chance to bring him down, and he's off to the races. Long touchdowns uh, brings that that uh, yards per carry average right up to where it should be. Um, and if you don't if you don't stick to it, if you get a, if you move away from what your offense does best, then then it's not going to pay off. This is going to be a long game. I mean, you got one of the best running running defenses in the NFL, and Philadelphia really good at FBA across the board. Um, Tennessee vulnerable secondary. Um, Joe Burrow put two seventy on him and a touchdown without uh, Jamar Chase. Although a good defensive line, you know, it could be a gridlock game. I mean, you're talking about two defenses that really play the run really well, and two teams that really like the ball a lot, run the ball a lot. But Philadelphia has. Three guys who basically would start on any team between Miles Sanders and Boston Scott and uh, um, Kenneth Gainwell and Jalen Hurts. Uh, it's kind of a hard game to pick, man. It's, it's going to be a slugfest for sure. Uh, but A.J. Brown opens it up. Traylon Burks, see what he can do against Darius Slay. And uh, yeah, I, I don't, I know, I'll be honest, I don't really like the fantasy implications of this game. You said over under 44. Like, I don't even know if that's too high. It's going to be in right. Philly. It's going to potentially snow i yeah so though sorry the one thing that i haven't mentioned yet in this matchup that i don't think uh, some people might be overlooking uh the eagles without dallas goddard um he he is a really good tight end really good pass catching tight end um i think they're gonna miss him more in the run blocking scheme i think that's an undervalued Mm. part of his game he's a big part of what makes the design jalen hurt runs work um, he's a big part of what makes the you know running outside uh, work. And uh, without him, I think the Eagles' run game is going to be a little uh, a little less multidimensional without him. That's a good point. That's a good point. I think I heard Lane Johnson got hurt too last week, but nonetheless, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, Philly's going in here at ten and one. Tennessee's a really hard hard team to play on the road. They're even better four and one, and with Mike Vrabel. I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I think it's a gridlock. I kind of like that, like big boys going at it, right? Oh, right yeah. in the trenches. It's going to be a trenches game. If you're like big, fat guys, and you don't <laughs> like to go to Golden Corral to see your entertainment, pop on CBS <laughs> at 11 o'clock Mountain Time. You'll be entertained. So, all right. The Miami Dolphins at the San Francisco 49ers, a four-point favorite at San Francisco, over under 46.5. Mike McDaniel comes home. Another reunion. Another revenge game potentially, although not really. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there's. Uh, I mean, the 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 Dolphins' backfield is almost exclusively former 49ers 
players. Um, but uh, th- so this this matchup, uh, man, there, there's it's it's hard to say that it's the best afternoon game this week because of the next game we're going to talk about. Uh, but it's yeah, no it's question. it's up there, man. This this is a really good. Uh, these are the sort of matchups that could be. You know, the, nobody should be surprised if these two teams face off again in the Super Bowl. Uh, the Dolphins could do it. The Forty ers could do it. Um, at least that's what we all feel right now, or a lot of us do. Um, these are kind of some controversial teams in the uh, in the sports analysis world. A lot of people are, are bullish on both of these teams. Some people think that, that they don't have what it takes, and uh, we could learn a lot about both uh, or one or the other in this matchup. Um, you know, If one of these teams looks dominant, it's going to say a lot about the other. Um, the 49ers, supposedly one of the best, if not the best, defense in the league. Uh, the Miami Dolphins might have the most prolific passing attack in the league right now. Uh, two top five uh, in terms of yards uh, this season, wide receivers. So it's uh, it, there's a lot to keep an eye on in this game. The 49ers at home, they're, they're favored by four points. I, I, I'm not saying that I don't believe that they're the best defense in the league. I think that they very well may be, and they have an amazing uh, pass rush the way they get after the quarterback. But uh, I think Tua is 100% again. I think he's elusive. Uh, I think in some ways he's more elusive than Kyler Murray. Um, I've, I've got to take the Dolphins to upset this week. I think uh, I think just a couple of downfield connections with the burners, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, two of the fastest guys to do it. Um, I like the Dolphins to uh, to get a statement win here. And I think the 49ers are going to go deep into the playoffs regardless because um, they're built to to beat a lot of good teams. Uh, and, and I think they could beat the Dolphins in a rematch. I just don't – I can't take the 49ers this week. I, I got to take the Dolphins. Yeah, I, I think <clears throat> I think you're on it because Mike McDaniel knows that offense in and out. Kyle Shanahan, and um, if anything, that's going to inform his defense how to play uh, San Francisco. And they line up against it and practice it against it every week. I, I, Jimmy Garoppolo is nothing special. Um, sure, he has a winning record better than me. Whatever. <laughs> sure, he's more handsome than me. Okay. Sure, he makes a better roast than me. <laughs> a lot of people do. But, you know, I don't think he'll beat the Dolphins. I've beaten the Dolphins. I've you know, beat him a couple times. I'm Madden. And I, I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, can do it against the Dolphins this week. I'm right there with you. Middle of the road defense, man. I mean, not against the – I mean, pass rush is really good. Running attack – I mean, running defense is really good. Rushing defense. But the secondaries take some hits over the last couple of weeks. They've had some rookies that stand out. But Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill, I mean, come on. You know, Mike Isecki, Jeff Wilson Jr., Raheem Muster. Speed always wins out, especially in the NFL nowadays. Um, I I, I kind of see like a sneaky good game on fantasy front from from Jalen Waddle. Uh, I don't know why. I feel like they're going to double Tyree Kill, and for some reason he'll end up with like seventy yards and eight catches. But Waddle will catch a couple touchdowns. Yeah, I'm right there with you with the Dolphins. I mean, they're impressive. They're like an All old right. school like AFC team. I, so. I like both those receivers, but I love it when Jalen Waddle scores. I, I'll get up and mm. do the penguin dance myself. The Waddle. There you go. All right. 
Speaking of, game of the week, Kansas City Chiefs at Cincinnati Bagels. Two-point favorite Kansas City, over under 53. Kansas City's been on a roll, uh, especially Pat Mahomes and Trevor Tra- Trevor Kelsey. Wow. Ah, Ooh, ah, Travis yes. Travis Kelsey. Is there, there's not a better receiver in the NFL uh, other than him and Justin Jefferson and, of course, Tyreek Hill, who we just talked about. Yeah, I just I wonder if Cincinnati has enough to keep up with Kansas City this week without Jamar Chase. Um, so doesn't seem like they would. I think or Joe, uh, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon I think too. I think we've seen uh, a lot of uh, a lot out of the Bengals the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know they they won some games that that we didn't expect them to because of no Joe Mixon, no Jamar Chase. Uh, recording this on Thursday night. Um, Either one of those two players could be back. Um, we'll we'll have to wait and see, but uh, I, I I I'm putting it on upset alert. I'm taking the Bengals this week. Um, I mm. think they're they're underrated. They're underrated at home. Um, the Chiefs the Chiefs are really good. They're nine and two, but I think uh, I think they're going to catch their third third loss of the season this Sunday. Um, I mean, either way, this is a game you can't miss. Uh, two of the best offenses in the league, two of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, the Bengals, they they came out of nowhere and went to the Super Bowl last year, and it's looking less and less like uh, a Cinderella story at this point. Uh, the Bengals are a team that you're going to have to look out for deep in the in the postseason, year in and year out, as long as as long as Joe Burrow is under center. Uh, so uh, yeah, this this is definitely the game of the week. Um, I uh, I don't know I I'm gonna so fifty three. It seems high, but it's not. I gotta take the over on this. Um, these two teams they can score so many ways. They move the ball really well. Um, ultimately, I feel like at home, uh, at home or not, but they are playing at home. I think the Bengals have an edge on defense. Um, it's, it's been a, you know, they, they play a lot of good teams, but I think that this defense is underrated. I think this defense can, can get the chiefs off the field a few times where other teams haven't. Uh, so yeah, I'm taking the Bengals to upset. It's only a two point spread, not much of an upset, but, uh, but we are talking about the chiefs. So it is an upset, um, taking the Bengals to win. Yeah. Hey, here's a thing stat for you. I mean, Kansas city across the board. One of the worst teams in FPA for running backs, quarterbacks, or wide receivers. They're literally in the bottom of the league. Um, the defense just, I mean, allows a lot. I don't know if that means that they just are ahead so much that the opponents just happen to get a lot of offensive yards or touchdowns. I'm not really sure what the stat is there, but nonetheless, it tells me that Cincinnati has a pretty good chance of putting up a lot of points. The over is right, and I think uh, it could be a big game from T. Higgins. And I don't know why I feel like this, but Hayden Hurst. Guy who has been sort of consistently waiver wire streamer guy for me. Um, could see him catching a couple touchdowns this week. They're 26 in FPA against tight ends. I think he was available in 48% right. leagues, by the way. Well, and so. I, I, think, uh, I think all of your Bengal fantasy players are worth firing up in this game. And I, I would stick to that regardless of Joe Mixon or Jamar Chase uh, being healthy or not. You know, if, if Joe Mixon plays this week, I think he'll be on a pitch count. I think Samaj P. Ryan will still be a big factor. I think if they get both Mixon and P. Ryan going, that that's that's the perfect game plan for them against a team like the Chiefs. Is just keep them off the ball, 
uh, keep the clock running. Um, if Jamar Chase suits up again, Higgins might be you know the number one fantasy receiver for the Bengals, uh, just because I think that they'll be cautious. You know, they're they're headed into the postseason. They're playing for you know a, a home game in the playoffs, but uh, but mostly they're they're just trying to get back to one hundred percent where they know they can beat anybody. Uh, so yeah, I, I I feel like if you got one of these Bengal players, you got to put them in your lineup. No question. Um, <clears throat> moving on to let's see, let's do the next game. That's another AFC West matchup. We got the LA Chargers at. The Vegas Raiders, one point favorite to Vegas, over under fifty and a half. Cardiac Raiders, man, four and seven, could playoff push? Question mark. They, oh my they've been God. two teams in a row in overtime. Devontae Adams has made huge strides. Derek Carr's look better. Josh McDaniels is getting on the same page as his players, and and the Chargers, we never really know where they're at. They're only one point favorite to Vegas, so I thought that was interesting. Worth talking about, um, and a lot of impl- fantasy implications in this game. Josh Jacobs in particular. What do you think? Sure. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting to see the one-point favor to Las Vegas. They are at home. They have been playing better, back-to-back overtime wins. Uh, and then you have the Chargers, who have a, a you know an above 500 record and uh, might not be might not be as good as their record at the moment. Um, they, they've been through ups and downs this season, and it's it's getting really hard to keep track. You know, did they look good last week? Did they look good the week before that? Um, and, of course, this is a really heated division rivalry. Um, and I, I, it, this is such a toss-up, in my opinion, that uh, I'm going to go with Vegas. I'm going to go with the home team. Um, and that means I take them to beat the spread because, you know, I feel about spreads that are less than three points. It just doesn't happen a lot. 50.5 is the over under. Is this is this a reflection of bad defense? Yeah, I'll get I mean, to that in a second. I mean, we know all these all these AFC West teams have loaded offenses. It was an arms race in the offseason, so now that things are clicking, uh they can put up a lot of points. Yeah, I uh, I, I talked myself into it. I'm going to take the over on the 50 and a half just because uh even if it's not good football, I think they'll put a lot of points up. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Raiders maybe for the first time this season. <laughs> Whoa, um, it's a running back fantasy game, man. I mean, Josh Jacobs ran for 250 yards, three touchdowns last week. He basically won whoever had him that game. Their game got won by him, um, and it's two of the worst defense in terms of FPA across the board for running backs. Uh, Austin Eckler, Josh Josh Jacobs. Devontae Adams, I mean, there's going to be a lot of points scored. I mean, I like Gerald Everett here, too, because I think the Raiders are the worst team in FBA against tight ends. Um, Yeah, yeah, he might be a free agent out there. He wasn't on my list, but I did pick him up in my league. I think he might be available. Keep an eye out for Gerald Everett. He might be a nice streaming start this week. To Monday Night Football and the GOATs, the New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, over under 3.5, over under 40.5. The line is the Tampa Bay at 3.5. Um, yeah, it's not a, I, it's a very bizarre Tampa Bay team. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you watched last week's game with the tight, tight, the, the tight out, such tight out, the timeout situation. Um, it was ugly. Uh, it, you just wonder who's calling the shots on offense there. Is yeah. It, is it Bowles? Uh, is it Brady? Who knows? Saints bucks. It's, uh, it's another division matchup. 
these these fan bases really really despise each other. You always love that. Um, man, I, I I'm gonna have to take the Buccaneers. Uh, I, I heard something interesting on on one of the uh, you know YouTube channels I follow this week. Uh, the NFC South is the division that every team in it is doing its best not to win. Um, and I, that, that made me laugh because it, it really, I mean, every time you think that, uh, that you got some separation here, uh, you know, it's, it's any team's division again. Um, so, you know, the, the saints win here, they're back in it. The Buccaneers win and, uh, they're still not free of, uh, of Atlanta. So, so there's, it's, it's, it's a sad little, uh, drama that we got to watch play out over the next six weeks. But uh, Monday night, I got to take the Bucks at home in Tampa Bay. Um, I just, I, I like the Saints defense, I do, but there's just too many options for the Buccaneers right now. Um, yeah, I got to take them to win at home. I like them to beat the three and a half uh, spread. I think, uh, uh, I think a late touchdown wins this for the Buccaneers by seven. Um, 40, 40 and a half over under. I'm going to take the under here. I think it's going to be a rough day for the Saints, Saints offense. Bucks get back on track, man. Yeah, Saints shut out 13 to nothing last week against, I think, Baltimore. I don't know who they played off the top of my head. No, 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 that was Jacksonville. Uh, anyway, they still lost 13 nothing to whoever it was. So, um, yeah, not a good offensive scenario. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I always like this game because I like to watch Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans. So a um, couple guys that have a lot of beef between each other and been playing against each other for a long time. Bound to be more beef. So if you like beef, this is the Beef Bowl. Beef. I've never seen one. And if you like Andy Dalton, which not a lot of people do, you'll also watch that game for him. So the GOAT versus the Red Goats. Anyway, speaking of the Falcons, <laughs> a Pittsburgh Steelers at Atlanta Falcons matchup. One point favorite Pittsburgh over under 42. Woof. I mean, it's two deep offenses that just aren't very good. And I mean, what else can you say? I you, I didn't even know Pittsburgh was four and seven, and I'm not surprised. But yeah, um, I'd like to see Desmond Ritter maybe play in this game for Atlanta, rookie versus rookie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I I <laughs> think Harris won't play. So I think uh, I think too. the Falcons will stick with uh, Mariota, uh, give him one you know full season. But uh, I, I, I got to take the Falcons at home this week. So it's like officially my second upset of the week. Um, I just, I, I really like, I, there might not be another team that is more middle of the road than the Falcons right now. And, and I like them to beat teams that I see as less than middle of the road. And that would be the Steelers right now. So I got to take the Falcons to win at home. Uh, uh Cordero Patterson is is looking really healthy again. Um, I I don't think they're going to overuse him. I think he'll be a factor in the return game, but also kind of mixed in running back by committee style there. And, uh, yeah, I think think at the end, I I think the Falcons take it this week. So I'm going to take them to to upset. That means they'll beat the spread. Um, Over under 42, that's a tough one. I'm going to take the under on that one. I think this is a low-scoring game. Yeah. 
All right, moving on along. I got nothing to say fantasy relevant, by the way. This game. But anyway, <laughs> moving along. Should I get the rest of these games in? Because they're just, they're, well, one of them is kind of fun. But not the next one. Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears. A three-point favorite to Green Bay. Over under 44.5. Fields may not play. May, maybe not Aaron Rodgers. This game could get blacked out, honestly. No, it, yeah. It may not this, air. This is, <laughs> it may uh, not. This is so. going to be a, an ugly one, uh, especially if we don't have any starting quarterbacks playing here. Um, although I, I thought Trevor Simeon looked pretty good last week. I know they, they lost, but, uh, but they kept it competitive. Um, and that, that was a tough game in the rain too. A lot of people didn't notice that, but the rain was just coming down in that bears jets game. Um, so the bears at home, uh, it's a team that really believes in itself. And, uh, this is another one of those teams I'm very excited for, for what next year could look like when, when fields is healthy again, and they got some some excellent draft capital this this season before the trade deadline, uh, so they need to follow the Cincinnati model and put an O line around that kid. And uh, the Bears could be really dangerous real quick. Um, that being said, we're talking about this week's matchup: um, two and three at home versus one and five away. I'm going to take the Bears in the upset number three right here. Um, uh, you know, it's not just my well-known dislike for the Packers. Uh, I dislike the Bears just as much when they're on top. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Bears to win this one. Um, I'm going to take the over on the 44-and-a-half. I think we could see some really sloppy uh, scoring in this game. Um, I'm not I'm not too impressed with either defense at, at this point in the season. So, so I, I, I'm more confident in the over than I am in my, my pick for the Bears to win. But I'm taking the Bears to win. A couple ugly ones coming up, <clears throat> so we'll go through them quick. But this next one will be fun. Jacksonville at Detroit. Jacksonville's a one-point favorite over under 51. They're going to score a lot of points. And uh, Jacksonville did that last week. Trevor Lawrence is coming along, man. He had a he had a game-winning touchdown drive. He threw a pass to, and then a two-point conversion, I think. Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. He looked good. He looked good. Detroit is Detroit. They're competitive. No, so. they are. They are. And, uh, you know, not to talk too much more about Thanksgiving, but, man, it was really fun to root for the Lions on Thanksgiving. And, and I know they didn't pull off the upset, but it just felt nice to root for the Lions on Thanksgiving and see them play good football. They're playing much better football than we've seen from them in a long time. Uh, and, and these two teams are perfect examples of what I talked about earlier in the podcast. They're there are teams that look bad or have bad records uh, that they that still put together good football games. These are two of them. Um, so this could turn out to be a really fun game to watch. Uh, it's got a 51 over under for a reason. They're both offense heavy, both these teams. Um, end of the day, I think uh, I think the Jags do have a little more cooking right now. I give them a little bit. Not by much, but a little bit of an edge on defense. Um, I'm going to take Jacksonville to win this game in Detroit, but I, I, this could turn into a barn burner. I'm taking the over on the 51, and I do think this this will this will be a close game. The Lions, we've seen it all season. The Lions don't give up. They play it for four quarters, um, and they they find a way to make you. They put the pressure on their opponents to keep scoring on them. The problem is that their opponents do keep scoring on them. Uh, so I, I, I'm very much looking forward to this game. I got to take the Jaguars to win a high scoring match. 
Yeah, yeah. I just think it's going to be a lot of fun. Trevor Lawrence, QB5, by the way. Last three weeks of fantasy. But there you go. In case you were wondering. So, yeah. right, picked him late. You got him on a streamer. Or you just have him. Start him. He should be, obviously, should be a top five quarterback play this week, to be honest. So, Denver. I, we're going to go through the next three games quick. Denver at Baltimore. Baltimore, eight and a half point favorite over under 39 and a half. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, Baltimore to win, Baltimore to beat the spread. I'll take the over if Baltimore scores 40 points. Yeah, it's an easy one. Yep, that's all you need to hear, right? Cleveland at Houston, another meh. Uh, well, not really. Cleveland seven well, point favorite over under forty seven. This is the Deshaun Watson game. I didn't even. This is the that. Deshaun Watson yeah. comeback slash revenge slash. Woof. I don't know if I'm bracing myself for what this game might be, more than anticipating it. Um, I I I, I got to take the Browns. Uh, I'd have to take the Browns regardless of who's under center. Um, sorry, Houston. It's just that's that's where we are right now. Um, so, yeah, I take the Browns to win. Seven-point spread, you know, I won't be surprised if they win by that much, but <clears> my gut tells me that, you know, Jack, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson's first game back, the Texans playing for pride against their former quarterback. I, I like the Texans to keep it a little closer. So I am going to take the Texans to cover the, the seven-point spread. Um, but I take a, the Browns to win, and – yeah, I'm going to take the under on that 47. I, I just don't think it's going to be a, a real high-scoring game. Cleveland is 32nd in FPA against running backs. Damian Pierce is a must-start. Must. Oh, absolutely. Start. Yeah. So, Seattle at uh, the LA Rams, or formerly known as the LA Rams, a fit, seven-point favorite to Seattle over under 41. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, no Aaron Donald. I, I think I read today 10 of the 10 highest-paid players in LA Rams are going to play this week. So I, I don't really know what else to say. It should be a gimme for Seattle. No, it, it really is. Um, I, I, I got to take Seattle to win this one on the road. Uh, I do expect them. I like the spread, seven points. That sounds right to me. I like the Seahawks by a touchdown here. So uh, the spread could really go either way. Um, that 41 over under. I'm going to have to take the under. I, I don't think the Rams are going to be able to put many points on the board. And the Seahawks, you know, Pete Carroll, everything that he has at his disposal, I expect him to play smart, safe football, run the clock down. I run the clock down instead of run the score up. Um, so, uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm going to take the under here. Finally, Sunday night football, the Indianapolis Colts at the Dallas Cowboys, a 10.5 point favorite to Dallas. Over under 44. Um, well, you know who's going to score points here. May not be yeah. Indy. Jeff Saturday can't manage a game. It is his third game coaching. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I just feel bad. Indy has a really good defense. Um, I'm confident that Dallas won't score a lot of points. So, fantasy-wise, this could be irrelevant. One of the best teams in FPA against running backs is Dallas. I don't really know what to say here for Indianapolis, you know. Yeah, it's, it just is it's, what it is at this point. It's just a really terrible mismatch uh, at a lot of levels. Like you said, the Colts, uh, the best thing they have is uh, running the football. Dallas is really good against the run. Um, Dallas runs the ball well, throws the ball well. The Colts' defense is kind of hit and miss this season. They're not nearly as good as we expected them to be. It's easy to pick Dallas to win. It's the 10.5-point spread 
that uh, I could see it going either way. I could see Dallas winning big. I could see the Colts keeping it within a touchdown. So that, that spread is really tough in a game like this. But definitely taking Dallas to win. The 44 and a half point. I mean, I just don't have a lot of, you know, I think the Colts will move the ball. They'll hold on to it for a while. I don't see them finding the end zone a lot. So I'm going to take the under here. I still like Jonathan Taylor here, but yeah, fourth in FPA. Fourth best in FPA against running backs for, for Dallas. Uh, yeah. There's nearly nobody else relevant on, on Indy. And honestly, like I said, Dalton Schultz, I, me- I mentioned him last week on Thanksgiving podcast. Caught two touchdowns Thanksgiving. Could see that number go up, honestly, this this week against Indy. Um, very, fairly vulnerable against tight ends on the, the defensive front. So, Okay, well, my friend, that is uh, week 13 in the books. If you're on Thursday night, you're watching the Patriots-Bills play a bizarre Thursday night football game so far. Um, very weird. Uh, yeah, it's hard for me to describe. But nonetheless, folks, it's uh, the holiday season. If you find yourself in need of a Yankee swap gift, or uh, White Elephant, or whatever you call it. Why not give the gift of football in general, right? Put it on a phone, put it in the bag that you swap around, and just play the podcast the whole time, the whole damn time <laughs> that the elephant, White Elephant's going on, the Yankee swap. Um, who wouldn't want to swap their lame-o gift, like Jameson, a bottle of Jameson, or, <laughs> I don't know, um, <laughs> Air Fryer, for a phone, which may not be a phone. Who knows? Could be a Bluetooth speaker playing it. Could be, um, uh, I don't know, an Alexa, right? One of those Echo Dots playing football in general. Where is that noise coming from? That wonderful voice of some man, some men, two chubby bearded men on a podcast talking about football. There's nothing less stereotypical than that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody else, nobody else does what we do. <laughs> right, right. There's, there's nobody. There, this is a this is a niche podcast, and there's hardly anybody covering the NFL these days. So, with that being said, until next week, um, you can find us in all the uh, streaming stuff and the in the, uh, the the social medias and the even Glavin. That's the that's the Professor Frank and me from The Simpsons coming out. And uh, until next week, we'll continue covering the NFL. We'll continue talking about it and be right about most things per usual. Until then. We're out.